Hello everybody, welcome to Inside the Garage. I know it has been a while. Um, it's been a couple months since I graduated high school and that was the last episode that I posted, but we're back. I promise you we're back and I'm going to do a better job trying to keep this podcast up to date because I got a lot of good content this past weekend from Chicagoland Speedway and I want to make sure that, because I know everyone likes to absorb NASCAR information differently. Sometimes you like to watch video on it, but sometimes it's nice just to sit down and listen to a conversation. So I'm going to get back to the roots of interviews and conversations. And since we are headed to Daytona, everyone talks about one driver as being the most aggressive out there, and that is Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I had the chance to sit down one-on-one with him this past weekend at Chicagoland Speedway and wanted to shift focus towards Daytona because when you look at Ricky Stenhouse Jr., He is the guy that everyone says is way too aggressive, uh, causes the most wrecks, but he has won twice at these plate tracks, or I shouldn't even say plate tracks anymore, but super speedway races. So he's obviously doing something right. I wanted to dive into exactly that and honestly his response to those who say he's way too aggressive and a whole lot more. So Here's my conversation with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. I hope you guys enjoy it. Race car drivers are born to be aggressive. Ricky Stenhouse Jr., we're headed to Daytona next week where you have an aggressive driving style. Is that the key to getting that checkered flag? I think so. I think, you know, with the way our super speedway races have kind of transformed over the last, I don't know, five or six years, it seems like uh, you can do a lot by yourself and you can manipulate other people's cars. Uh, depending on you know how close you side draft and you know how you block and things like that so you know track position is key to to winning those races and staying up front and and being aggressive is key to to staying up front and and having a chance to win i mean you have two winner stickers at the plate tracks some drivers say that you're too aggressive but i mean you get it done so what's your response yeah i think you know there's definitely times that i have stepped over the limit obviously and and that you know cause a crash or whatever but yeah, I think for the most part, I, I'm pretty calculated and when I'm aggressive, when I'm not aggressive. And, you know, that comes from me, my crew chief, my spotter. We all kind of work together and uh, know when to push it, know when not to push it. But, you know, you make mistakes sometimes. You are talking about side drafting earlier. You're the race car driver. I don't know exactly how side drafting works. So what is it? Well, you know, we look at so many different studies of, uh, you know, our cars in the wind tunnels and uh, all these different models that you know cr- create you know where your what happens to your car behind other cars what happens when you know somebody gets close to you and you know when we drive up to the left side or the right rear uh, tire of of a car it takes and puts a lot of air on their spoiler so it slows them down uh, it has makes them have a lot more drag than uh, the car that we're in so that's what we're doing is we're trying to slow we don't really speed our car up we're just more or less slowing their car down I mean, how much of an art, because, you know, certain drivers are good at it, but some are really good at it. How much of an art is it to just side drafting? Well, I think it's just practice. I think, you know, and that's one of the things that me being more aggressive, I felt like kind of helped me learn on the speedways uh, exactly, you know, when in the corner, when in the straightaway do I want to side draft, when do I want to pull away from cars, because you can't just stay there because it will eventually slow your car down as well. And that's, you know, being aggressive throughout the years has kind of helped me learn that a little bit quicker. 
I know you're a big golfer. Golf guys tour is something that the drivers do. Who's the best golfer? Uh, I would say right now, Denny's probably the best golfer. Um, we go head to head and have really good matchups. Larson's getting a lot better. Oh. Um, he is by far the most improved golfer we've got. Um, you know, he had started playing, you know, three, three and a half years ago, and he's uh, he's definitely picked it up really quick. Where do you stand in all that? Uh, I feel like I'm the second best golfer. Okay. Um, I think Denny and I go head to head. We battle it out. It's it's fun. Who's most competitive in that group? All of us. All of <laughs> there's not a race car driver that's not competitive, and we take our golfing pretty serious. All right. So where do you get more competitive then, on the golf course or the racetrack? Oh, definitely by far the racetrack. Oh, okay. <laughs> I uh, I can take, you know, not playing as well. I can take that way better than I can take. Uh, not running well in our in a race car. Now you did some promotion with the Speedway here uh, with Ryan Villapoto. That's something cool. I didn't know. Did you used to ride too? Yeah, no. I grew up riding dirt bikes. I got my first dirt bike before I ever got a go kart, and so I was riding dirt bikes since I was four years old. And my dad and I would go ride every Sunday after church, and uh, that's kind of a tradition that we had, uh, especially throughout the summer. And uh, you know, I still ride a little bit at the house, and um, yeah, they're having a pit bike race over here, so that's fun. So. You're not the first and only driver to get their career started on two wheels, so where did that transition go to going to the four wheels? Well, for me, it happened really early. You know, I rode dirt bikes and, and had fun riding dirt bikes, but when I was probably five years old, uh, my dad took me, we spent half the day on a dirt bike track, we spent half the day mm. on a dirt oval go-kart track, and at the end of the day, he goes, hey, which one do you want to race? And I picked the go-kart. So that transition was really quick, really early. Do you ever think about what if you stuck to the two wheels? Yeah, I do think about it. I'd be retired right now, <laughs> and uh, if I was good, then that would be a, a good living, but I definitely am glad that I chose the path I did. Ricky Stenhouse Jr. sticking to four wheels, but maybe he'll hop on two every now and then, too. Yeah, so there's my conversation with Ricky Stenhouse Jr. The biggest takeaway I had um, from that was and and we'll we'll start from the beginning here but side drafting and, and being aggressive he admitted that he has made mistakes in the past i mean you look at the daytona race last year yeah he may have caused some wrecks that he might have stepped over the line and instead of saying well that's just my driving style i'm aggressive and that's sometimes the product he actually admitted yeah maybe i have crossed the line too far which i found was really interesting and it's it's good to be self-aware about that but I don't anticipate Ricky Stenhouse Jr. changing his driving style just because people are upset about that. Um, the next thing, too, was talking about four versus two wheels. And he brought up a really interesting point. It's if he ended up sticking to two wheels, he would be retired by now, which is true. I mean, you look at the age span of a lot of these super cross riders, they retired pretty early. I mean, I saw Ryan Villapoto in the media center this past weekend at Chicagoland Speedway, and he still looked like a relatively young guy. And that's so interesting how in NASCAR, the age span, it's it's a little bit physically less, it's less physically tough on your body in NASCAR than it is Supercross. But honestly, I like that drivers can have longer careers and be able to be a little bit more aggressive because you have the race car on your side. Because, I mean, you look at Supercross and Ken Roxon specifically, he's gone through so many injuries that are just tearing up his body, his arms. Whereas NASCAR, while 
there is still an aspect of danger. It's nice that there are so many good safety advances that NASCAR has that allows drivers to have longer careers. So I found that was really interesting too. But we'll have to see if Stenhouse lives up to being aggressive at Daytona or not. I'm very curious to see that. But again, thank you guys for listening too because I know I've done a pretty bad job. It's been a couple of weeks since I've posted one of these full interviews, but I've got a lot of good content in store specifically for this podcast. Be sure to stay tuned. I want to post something relatively soon with Ross Chastain, Bubba Wallace, Alex Bowman. Um, Those are just to name a few drivers that we talked to this week. And Harrison Burton. So there's going to be a lot more coming from this outlet in terms of uh, podcasts. So if you enjoy it, if you like it, please leave a rating and review. Send me a tweet on Twitter. Say something on Instagram. Let me know that you like this format because I'll keep on doing it and uh, I'll keep on giving you guys this sort of content and shorter episodes. We're right around the nine minute mark. That's exactly where I want to be. I know um, everything is so... um, quick. Everyone wants to move on. Sometimes you can't sit down and listen to a 30-minute or an hour podcast, so I want to make sure that these are nice, short, and sweet to the point, and you can almost binge listen to uh, all these interviews that I've got. So hopefully you enjoyed it, and uh, enjoy the racing from Daytona. Make sure you hit that subscribe button, because we've got plenty more to come in a little bit.